0: Hey, buddies, fellow Franco fans, it is I, your host, Jason Rudy, and I come to you today from the Desperate Visions compound in Sacramento, California, and uh, for this episode 53, we go back to 1969 to film 26 of Just Franco, and that would be The Bloody Judge, um... The reason I'm going back and doing film 26 and not film 53 is because we had already done film 53 earlier before I was going in order, um, and that is the, the other side of the mirror. So that's uh, done already. So I think that's back down in like the 20s, 26 or 29, or somewhere around there. But uh, yeah, you can go back and check on that one if you want to find that if you're going in order. But for this, we go to film 26, and the Bloody Judge uh, film I had, I had seen years ago, but uh, revisited now uh, as part of the Franco Observer Podcast Universe to uh, watch it and see what I thought. Um, it's cool because uh haven't already uh, seen um, The Demons uh, and watching that. Um, it's funny because uh, this is more of a original version of that, one of his films that he redoes and remakes, which he does with pretty much all of his films, but uh, yeah, it's cool to watch this, and it's a really good Christopher Lee performance, and among other people, and Howard Vernon does his best uh, Boris Karloff Tower of London shtick here, so alrighty, let me give you all the facts and all the details from Murderous Passions by Mr. Stephen Thrower uh, the delirious films of Jesus Franco Volume 1 all right, the bloody judge, uh, nineteen sixty nine, Spain, West German, Italy, Liechtenstein. Uh, yeah, so remember this is Harry on Tower. So he always got a lot of other people to put up the money, and he was always the main producer. But uh, he always had a really good budget on his films. So anyway, nineteen sixty nine. Let's see here, original theatrical title. In country of origin um, Trial of the Witches in Spain El Pros El El de la Brojas Germany uh, The Witch Killer of black this is Mike real quick here. Uh the witch killer of Blackmore Um Der Hexten von Blackmore Um Throne of Fire by Italy Il Trono di Fuoco Uh, Night of the Blood Monster was the US Canada theatrical title I didn't know that Night of the Blood oh yeah okay I've never seen something from that before but that's a weird title Night of the Blood Monster almost sounds like a Roger Corman um, driving film or something from the 60s or a uh, Puerto Rican uh, Blood Island film I'm not Puerto Rican um, uh, Filipino um Let's see. Uh note there is no Lechtensteinian version of the film. Okay. Uh alternative titles French Theatrical Throne of Fire, Spain Video, Power of Fire, Le Tron de Fie and El Prodor de Fuego, uh the Sadiste Roch uh, Netherlands title The Sadistic Judge El Procero de la Brojas. Uh, Spanish Theatrical Title. We've also got The Witch's Pyre from Belgium. La Bourcher Ac Sauceris. Let's see. Proceso de la Brujas. So yeah, always going with the witch theme here. Uh, Production Companies. Phoenix Films out of Madrid. Terra Filmkunst out of GmbH Munich. uh, Protomix Films of Rome. And of course, The Mighty Towers of London from London. Harry Allen Towers Company. And, of course, AIP coming in here, American International Pictures, Los Angeles Uncredited, 1970 Ablishment, Sargon, English Language Prints, 72 AIP Pictures, U.S. Prints. Okay, so they were doing the 72 run. It must have been like a second bill or something. I'm sure I'll find that out later as I read history. Um, Distributors, ARC Films of Spain, Constance Film, Munich, uh Gargling Auto Film, Italy, AIP, of course, from United States, and Duverton Films of London. Shooting date on this: um, August eighth to October tenth of nineteen sixty-nine, and uh, the Italian premiere of this was February fifth of nineteen seventy, like four months later. Wow, they pump that fast. Uh, West German certificate: May seventy, and premiered in June seventy, June fifth of nineteen seventy. And Rome, uh, June 11th, 70. Madrid, May 24th, 1971. Barcelona, October 25th, 1971. Seville, November 26th, 1971. And finally, the United States played in Phoenix, Arizona, was its debut on May 10th of 1972, about two years later uh, from its premiere. Uh, And then Canada played Windsor, Ontario, on January 19th of 1973. Uh, French visa issued March 73, played France June 14th, 73, Brazil February 12th, 74, and UK A certificate issued on May 28th, 1974. Uh, different theatrical running times, Italy 98 minutes, Spain 90, France 96 minutes, um, West Germany, 81 minutes, UK 81, and USA 82. Cast on this film, uh, Christopher Lee as Lord Judge George Jeffries, Maria Schnell as Mother Rosa, a witch, uh, Hans Haas as Lord Henry Harry Sefton, uh, Jose Maria Prada as Palafox, Jeffries' manservant, the beautiful and talented Maria Rome as Mary Grey, Uh, Margaret Lee as Alicia Gray. Leo Jin as Lord Sutton of Wessex. Milo Quesada as Satchel, bailiff to Ward Wessex. Peter Martell played Barnaby. Blanco by Stephen Trato. Howard Vernon, of course, as Jack Ketch, Jeffrey's executioner. Uh, Vincent Rosa, Roca. Uh, Diana Lorries as Sally Downs. So it's cool, Diana Lorries is later in. Nightmares Come at Night, and before this, she's in the awful Dr. Orloff, so we get a few uh, appearances by her. Uh, credits uh, directed by Jess Franco, based on original story by Harry Allen Towers, of course, as Peter Welbeck, his writing alias. Screenplay Anthony Scott Veitch and Michael Heller. Uh, story and screenplay Jess Franco, and Enrico Colombo. Um, let's see, there's quite a few on here. Uh, music Brute. Bruno Nicolai, really good soundtrack, producer Harry on Towers, executive producer Arturo Marcos, trade in Spain, um, of course, all the different producers for all the different territories and uh, post-syncs and all that. So, all right, um, kind of go over some of what Stephen Thor says here. Uh, the most handsome and expensive-looking production in Jess Franco's long career This closely resembles the sort of class product he is so often derided for failing to offer elsewhere. The Bloody Judge has decently researched historical context, sexy women women in low-cut gowns, Christopher Lee, impressive battle scenes, masked marauders on horseback, all the pomp and fury of a well-heeled British horror drama. Kissing Cousin to Michael Reeves' Witchfinder General and Michael Armstrong's Mark of the Devil. It's an absorbing tale with much to recommend it. It also delivers copiously a sadistic spectacle. In the uncut edition, the torture scenes are prolonged, nasty, and brutal to behold, with the agony suffered by Alicia on the rack, for instance, among the bloodiest Franco has ever depicted. Um, let's see says, Franco really was anti-authoritarian and active rebel in his homeland, a man who repeatedly incurred the wrath of the Spanish censor board in a country under the rule of its own, Judge Jeffries. On the other hand, he's also a sadistic voyeur, per par excellence, relishing the retreat of censorship and using every opportunity to film sexy or nasty scenes, knowing that, although they won't make it into every version, he'll get away with it in one market or another. The torture of Alicia goes on for almost three minutes in the uncut version. That's a long time for a film made in 1970. Franco was getting high on sex and violence, and it must be violence committed by evil state villains. So be it. Franco both decries characters like Jeffries and his torturing hangman Ketch and relishes the vicious spectacle of their cruelty. The torture of Mary Gray is gratuitously nasty and protracted with Mitch with much leering for both the torturers and Franco's equally lecherous camera. On the other hand, a montage about an hour into the film, including shots of torn flesh and teeth being yanked out of screaming mouths, turns out to be a nightmare from which Judge Jeffreys awakens with a jolt and a hypocritical shudder. Although Jeffreys condemns people to such horrors, he never witnesses the results of his own decisions and has no stomach for the details, a point made even more forcefully later when he observes an execution in progress and staggers away sickened. So we have violence as kinky spectacle mixed with violence as moral commentary, a gruesome and inconsistent cocktail likely to cause indigestion if consumed without a chaser of irony." However, Franco is not simply having a ball with the old in-and-out and and lashings of ultra-violence. He's also getting his kicks from working with some fine British actors. The scenes in which Christopher Lee and Leo Jin go head-to-head are not only beautifully acted, and dubbed, thankfully, by the actors themselves, they're also immaculately, immaculately shot and given the emphasis they deserve in terms of pacing and presentation. Howard Vernon, too, gives his role as Jack Ketch catch some pep, although one could argue he's hamming it up a little. Uh, let's see. Maria Schell is suitably sorrowful and otherworldly as an isolated cave-dwelling witch, but in the end this is Christopher Lee's film, and he pours the rich, dark claret of his personal grandeur into the part. He draws upon other aspects of his character, too, facets which we're familiar with, accounts of his off-screen behavior, irritability, pompous, severity and a dry wit shot through Philagie traces of sarcasm and danger. It's a performance that makes you realise just how much of his talent went to waste in the hammer Dracula films when he was asked merely to snarl when he could have offered so much more. The role of witchcraft in this film is interesting, with pagan rites involving the burning of effigies and pins being stuck in dolls, and Maria Shell playing a wise old blind woman living in the hills, who has fascinating who has foreshadowed who has foreknowledge of what's to come being a white witch she prays to God for poor Mary and describes the vengeful fanciful mutilated satchel as one who has been marked by the prince of darkness magic and witchcraft in Franco magic and witchcraft in Franco is often, should say in Franco films is often for real although the moral brilliance of the story can be compromised by his credulity. See the demons, 1972. In terms of sexual fun, including torture, excluding torture, there's a brief shot of Maria Rome's pussy in the straw as she smooches with topless Hans Haas, and a tender scene in which Diane Lorries washes blood off a nude Maria Rome in preparation for her evening with Judge Jeffries. The subsequent night of passion, far less explicit in the English language edition, is augmented in the German cut with shots of a man's hands fondling Maria Rome's breasts and vagina. Note, the hands look far too young to be Christopher Lee, and you can be sure he would never have agreed to such crudity himself. There is one more scene to mention, surely be the most gratuitous lesbian scene in a Franco film. As virtuous Mary Gray is released to be taken to Jeffreys, the executioner points to a severely whipped, semi-conscious naked woman hanging by her wrist nearby. "'Look at that,' he sneers. "'That could happen to you, too.'" At this point, in an act, I suppose, of Christian compassion... Mary proceeds to lick the blood from the naked woman's legs and midriff before embracing her breast to breasts. Cutaways to Vernon leering at this unexpected lesbo action remind us that this spectacle of degradation, masquerading as pious tenderness, has been arranged to appeal to the ketchian side of our natures. So, the bloody judge offers classedness, mid lashings of low sleeves. in terms of dynamicism and genuine action. The depiction of the battle of Sedgemoor between King James army and the Duke of Monmouth's rebels is the most spectacular sequence Franco ever shot with no expense spared cannons by the score and multiple soldiers on horseback. It's beautifully composed, expertly edited and avoids the usual inexperienced extras flying through the air before the explosives should go off. The bloody judge may exhibit Franco's usual pacing issues, along with some occasionally bizarre dubbing. Um, But generally, it's as shrewdly commercial a film as Franco has ever made. All right. Cast and crew. Maria Rome looks stunning here, but she's strangely remote, putting the minimum of anguish into her role. Seeing her sister burnt as a witch, she fails to dredge up a single tear, managing just a single, Oh, no. Howard Vernon, on the other hand, modeling his performance on Boris Karloff's Mord in Tower of London, 1939, is evidently having a thespian's ball with the role of Jack Ketch. Looking like a cross between Marty Feldman and Young Frankenstein and Terry Gilliam and Monty Python's Spanish Inquisition sketch, he exudes maniacal glee as the sadistic relish of the truly depraved. Also hamming it up like nobody's business are the dubbing artists in the English-language version. Their constant mutterings go well beyond the usual turning every crowd scene into a medley of thoughtious comments. For instance, when Judge Jeffrey is about to pronounce sentence on Alicia, a Bible is brought forward on a cushion in preparation for the solemn oath of court. Ooh, it's a Bible, someone twitters in the background. When Alicia confounds expectation by readily kissing the book, the same woman gasps, Witches don't kiss Bibles. Hans Haas Jr. would soon be back in Franco's X-312, Flight to Hell, 1971. A handsome young pop singer-turned-actor, Haas was the son of a prominent German marine scientist and deep-sea explorer. He relished numerous singles... I'm sorry, he released numerous singles between 1964 and seventy four, and scored his biggest hit in 1972 with a German-language version of the Don McLean hit American Pie, which on a side note is a song I hate. Um... Let's see. He frequently worked with his father, directing documentaries and traveling with him to deep-sea diving sites. And in 1974, he starred in Death in the Deep, a.k.a. Deadly Jaws, a drama based on his father's adventures. His last recorded work was an album of meditation, Chill Out, compositions called Magic Mushroom, 2005. Tragically, he took his own life in 2006 at the age of 62 note dennis price was originally cast as lord wexus a role eventually played by leo jinn a news article in variety listed the cast as christopher lee george sanders Pierre angeli and jose marie parada of course only lee would actually appear in the film music bruno nicolai once again pulls out all the stops to create a belter of a score with a shrill threatening brass motif alternating with swooningly romantic strings A tinkling harpsichord pops up here and there, suggestive of similar plotting behind formal appearances. Locations. Many interiors were shot at the Conde de Castro, Gumerieri's Palace, and Cascais, Portugal, a location to which Franco returned again and again in the 70s. Yeah, like uh, uh, Dracula, Prisoner of Frankenstein, um, and... uh, what was uh, the uh, right to Frankenstein's there uh, demons is shot there um, yeah you see the staircase with the uh, rope on the side and I think uh, yeah you got so many of his films shot there um, some interiors such as those in the Bell public house resemble the original Dr. Orloff residence battle scenes were shot in the Casa de Campo in Madrid further location work took place in Ligieria Portugal alright so uh, video version running 89 minutes was submitted by redemption films in 1999 and passed uncut the definitive version currently available is running at 104 minutes is the blue underground dvd released in 2003 that's the version i watched was the uh uncut uh complete version fully restored never before seen european version yeah 104 minutes connections. Uh, born in 1645, George Jeffreys became Lord Chief Justice of England in 1683, an appointment given by the intensely unpopular King James II, whose reign of just three and a half years was curtailed due to his religious affiliation to the Roman Catholic Church. Jeffreys found favor with the king and fought his corner assiduously. He earned the nickname the Hanging Judge after he condemned to the noose around 320 men who had fought against James II. These men were led by Duke of Monmouth, illegitimate son of the previous monarch Charles II. The trials began. The trials became known as the Bloody Assizes. Monmouth was captured and decapitated on Tower Hill by the notoriously brutal and inept executioner Jack Ketch. King James II was finally deposed during the Revolution of 1688, and Jeffreys died of kidney disease in 1689 while in custody in the Tower of London. In the film, Judge Jeffrey's repulsion when confronted with the violence to which he condemns prisoners is an extension of the George Sanders character in The Girl from Rio, this time played straight and with a moral point behind it. Those who jeer for bloody vengeance in the name of morality are often the most squeamish when it comes to the grisly details. You're all condemned for crimes against king and kingdom to hang to dangle until you are but dead to be then cut down shall still alive to have your entrails drawn out and thrust into your own mouths to be further hanged then quartered like the carcasses of beef you are he snarls from the dock with this in mind Jeffrey's last words in the film are truly pathetic you're right Wessex. I never do This follows his revulsion upon seeing from his prison window at the Tower of London the hanging and quartering of another prisoner, understanding at last the grisly horror that issued from his pronouncements. It's an ending with continuing revelance. When he was governor of Texas between 1995 and 2000, George W. Bush personally signed the execution warrants of 152 prisoners, more than any other governor in modern American history. He was accused, by critics such as Roman Catholic sister Helen Prejean in her article, Death in Texas, of failing to give serious consideration to clemency requests, in some cases reading them in half an hour on the actual day of execution. In the case of convicted rapist, robber, and murderer Gary Graham, the Reverend Jesse Jackson condemned or challenged Bush to have the courage of his convictions and witness the execution, saying, If George Bush is convinced that Gary Graham is guilty, he should go with me to the site of the execution. He should witness it himself. Bush did not attend. Uh, Other versions. The the Sterling work done by Blue Underground's DVD makes eludication of the Bloody Judge's manifold variant releases redundant. We now have an almost perfect version with the missing or closed scenes previously available only on terrible VHSs, including as extras. Um, These include a six-minute interlude from the Spanish Version in which Mary Gray, about to commit suicide in despair after the murder of her sister is saved by Harry Sefton, whose shirtless appearance and winning smile coaxes her back from the brink of death. What a shame it's missing from the restored version, Hoss looks stunning and in those scenes, and Rome actually manages a tear for her dead sister. The German cut, a slim, not to say emaciated emanci- 76 minutes includes all the sex and sadism, but chops out vast swashes of swaths of dialogue and opens with different credits. Uh, superimposed over witch-burning flames, followed by an image of Christopher Lee pilfered from a much later scene. Most English-language editions prior to the Blue Underground DVD feature fully clothed retakes of Franco's preferred semi-nude scenes. For instance, when Maria Rome and Hans Haas make out in a barn, there are no glimpses of Rome's bush. Thank you very much. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, In some versions, Judge Jeffrey's nightmare visions of torture are rendered less explicit by extensive use of dream life dream like superimpositions. uh let's see okay and let's we'll skip over the press coverage from that so yeah it seemed like they pretty much gave it a good good uh, review and all that stuff so all right well that should wrap up the uh introduction of this uh if you listen past uh the bumper you'll hear myself and eric whitwell watch uh the bloody judge and give our opinions on it uh Spoiler alert, we both liked it, and uh, we'll hear what we had to say and laugh and talk about this film. Um, Let's see. If you want to get a hold of us, find us at FrancoObserver at Yahoo.com. Please download episodes, rate, subscribe, and share. Uh, Let's see. Also, um, you can find us on Facebook and and, um, Instagram, all that good stuff, at our pages, all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, if you have any questions, just get a hold of us and all that stuff. Mission statement always is bringing the name and films of Just Franco to new eyes and ears. And, of course, uh, we keep seeing more and more new Franco releases coming out of old films, of course. So, it's really good to see that. So, alright, well, uh, yeah, Bloody Judge, uh, from Blue Underground. It's the only way we can get it here. Actually, no, they put out since then a. Uh, DVD. Uh, I know a German company put out a really good Blu-ray of that. It's kind of expensive. There's like four versions on there. I might pick that up someday, but right now I'm good with this Blue Underground. So, Alrighty, guys. Talk to you later. Stay tuned. Hey, fellow Franco fans. It's your other fellow Franco fan, fucking Jason Rudy. Coming to you live today from the Desperations Compound. Uh, where we're bringing you episode 53, uh, film 26, because uh, film 53 is the other side of the mirror, and we've already done that film. So, um, bring to you today uh, guest reviewer, guest co host uh, for most of this shebang, Mr. Eric Whitwell. Hey! Hey, hey, hey. So, uh, we watched uh, Jess Franco's early film with Mr. Harry Allen Towers, film 26, The Bloody Judge, which is a precursor to the demons. or the, Yeah, the demons. I always get the fucking demons and witches mixed up. I obviously have to stop in my brain and think which film I'm referring to. But yeah, the demons. Almost a uh, earlier precursor to that. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, read the synopsis of that and then we'll get to you and uh, get Eric's opinion of the film and go from there. All right, synopsis. During the reign of King... I'm sorry. During the reign of James the Second, Lord Judge Jeffrey's scours the country for witches and rebels who support the king's nephew and son in law, William of Orange. Jeffreys is totally unscrupulous and has no qualms about using the former as a means to prosecute cases against the latter. Young and beautiful Alicia Gray is picked up by Jeffrey's man as a Maypole at a Maypole dance with a young man called a young man called Capt that's weird. Her lover, who's known to support William of Orange. Capped is killed on the spot, and Alicia is brought before Judge Jeffries, who declares her a witch and sends her to be tortured by his executioner, Jack Ketch. Alicia's sister Mary Gray appears approaches Jeffries and begs for her sister's life, but to no avail. After enduring terrible agonies, Alicia is finally burned alive. While in the loyalty, Geoffrey visits the Earl of Wessex to berate him. There has been a groundswell of support in the region for William of Orange. Geoffrey uh-huh. warns Wessex that his son, Lord Harry Sefton, has remained close friends with Barnaby, a known rebel. Wessex man-servant Satchel inadvertently mentions in Geoffrey's presence that Harry is involved with Mary Grey, knowledge which Geoffrey gleefully seizes upon to put pressure on Wessex. Geoffrey insists upon meeting Mary, but before he can do so, he receives word that the Duke of Mamma's forces are attacking, and the rebellion against King James requires his presence. Satchel is ordered to hold the girl prisoner, while Geoffrey deals with his military responsibilities, Satchel tries to rape Mary, but she manages to pull free, burning her attacker's face in the struggle. Satchel, now bitterly hateful of Mary and the Wexes, signs up to work for Geoffrey's. Wessex, Wessex, Harry, Barnaby, and Mary Grey are now vulnerable to the bloody judge and his wicked machinations. Within the Mammoth Rebellion, successfully put down, Jeffries turns his attention to the beautiful Mary. Just interesting because that synopsis is the only part of it. So, Eric, what did you think of the film? It was really
1: good, man. Really, really, really good, uh, and so many different levels. Uh, the The acting, the costumes, the everything everything was really good. The effects, uh, yeah, the sheer scope of it was huge.
0: Yeah, everything from like uh well like first of all the production design, like everything looked pretty goddamn spot on, like all the materials they used, yeah. uh, the you know, the the dial the dialogue, the locations. Um they speak of locations you recognized first and I, I saw afterwards the famous castle he uses all the time with yeah. the uh, staircase with the rope down the side and everything and start to judge the rest of the place compared to that, you know. Um Christopher Lee's place in this, so it's cool. He has the Dracula's castle, basically the later films as Dracula's yeah. castle, so Dracula gets there. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything is really top-rate right on this film. Um, one of the things in um, Murderous Passions, Volume 1, by uh, Mr. Stephen Thrower, kind of nails it on the head, like on the first thing. He goes, um, the most handsome and expensive-looking production in Jess Franco's long career... This closely resembles the sort of class production he is so often derided for failing to offer elsewhere. Uh, The bloody judge has decently researched historical context, sexy women in low-cut gowns, Christopher Lee, impressive battle scenes, masked masked marauders on horseback, all the pomp and finery of a well-heeled British horror drama. A Kissing Cousin to Witchfinder General and Mark of the Devil. Yeah, definitely. It's like, yeah, because it's like he has way more people than a typical Jess Franco film, but he doesn't have like hundreds of people, but the 20 or 30 has, looks totally believable. They got cannons that shoot real things and guys on horseback and sabers and good sound design and stuff. And, and, uh. All the way through, you know. Um, but before we go on back, sound design. It kind of triggered a thought to me. I'm going to go through and hit the list real quick. Because <laughs> a couple of sounds, I was like, oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So in this film, number one, body of water. Yes. Yes. Uh, obviously, but two, three times. Not too much. Uh, sailboat or boats. No. Th- didn't see any of this at all. No. Palm trees you were looking for. And I don't think you saw no, any. No, there was. Yeah. No, just, just foliage. But that's about it. Uh, not many gel-
1: palm trees in England, I guess. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I got to kind of <laughs> think of the context and everything.
0: Uh, jungle sound effects yes yeah. some piped in birds and tropical things it's funny uh, chained up person number six definitely oh, yeah. lots of that um, number seven and eight no no dance scenes on stage stripping or no club scenes dancing uh, jazz music no not really jazz more of a kind of a classical yeah. l- an instrumental score by Bruno Nicolai is probably one of his best ones but definitely not jazzy but very light um Number 10, excessive zooms. Maybe not excessive, but there was some funny zooms.
1: Yeah, there definitely was some zooms. Yeah, yeah but it wasn't yeah. like excessive.
0: Yeah, I just kind of saw on the hands and certain parts were very funny. Out of focus shots, yeah. Yes. There's a few on that we're <laughs> laughing about. Uh, number 12, mirror shots. I don't think I, I, think I caught mirrors. any of this. Yeah, I know. Uh, 13, mind control theme. Uh, well, the witchcraft hysteria, kind of, but not yeah. really, technically. But... It is a control of, you know, religions and mind control type thing. You know? Oh, yeah, all and, the power yeah. that
1: the judge had and all the power that those people had, you know, is definitely a control.
0: So, number 13 was that. No, number 14, we definitely cannot argue on that. Magic tongue scenes. Yes! There's a very good Magic Tongue by Maria Rome uh, up the chained up. I guess it says semi conscious. I thought she was dead, but I guess she was a semi conscious woman that was uh, nude with blood all over her, and she licks up her leg and up her back and between her legs. And,
1: see, I would have reacted. See, that's the thing. She had to have been semi-conscious or dead because when you get licked in those areas, you react. Your, yeah. Your leg's going to move a little bit. You know? ooh, ooh,
0: ooh. And she's giving her a tongue bath <laughs> to make her feel better, almost like Lena has that girl lick her culo yeah. later on you know, to clean it. And she uses her tongue to clean the yeah. in this scene. So.
1: so happy to see the tongue. Yeah. It so, really happy good. To see yeah.
0: That. so that was uh, uh, Lena's... Um, forefathers or if yeah. you <laughs> foremother.
1: It'll they, be interesting to see like, which film did the tongue come out first in?
0: Yeah. Let's see the first licking scene and in, in, uh, in the, the Franco, Franco film. <laughs> film. Yeah. I don't know. Looking at my lips, you know, huh? So, well, well cause later on, we're going to go back and watch the earlier, like the first 17 or 20 of his films. Yeah. So we'll see if that, but right now at 26, this is probably the earliest that comes to mind, you know? Um, it's 1969, too, so you got to think about that, you know, to a certain extent, especially with nudity, you know. Uh, okay, so number 15, red light. Yeah, plenty of red light yeah. scenes in this. Kind of cool. They brought those on later on. Uh, 16, sheepskin. No, it doesn't fit because yeah. it's not D-trick. Masturbation with sea items, no. Uh, Mad scientists, no, but there is uh, some cool dungeon scenes. It was almost like lab scenes, but, yeah, there's no, nothing like that. Yeah, um, the witch,
1: like, stirring the pot.
0: That's true. Yeah, That's know. true actually witchcraft they're doing herbs and doing uh spells and potions. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's toss up. Yeah, cuz it's not science, it's superstition. Yeah, but it was still, yeah. It's a predecessor. Uh 18 fish tank shots, no. No. Uh 19 talking parrots or animals, no. no. <laughs> that would have been dope though. Yeah, would have pretty good. <laughs> Uh, number twenty in credits? Yes or no? Yes, yes. definitely in credits. Mm-hmm. Um, number twenty handwritten signs or notes? No, there was a pub called the Bell. Yeah, a that, painted yeah the bell sign. Yeah, which we were looking at, but that, it, it looked really good, so it wasn't cheesy. Uh, number twenty-two spiral staircase shot. Yeah. No, I didn't see anything like that. The staircase going down in the famous castle, but no spiral staircase. Uh, inept cops. <laughs>
1: Not
0: really any cops. <laughs> well, no, but I mean the law. You know, the ineptity of the sec- of the carrying out sentences to people that really weren't witches. I mean, more corrupt cops. That yeah, it's more corrupt. Or, I mean, more they... corrupt and inept. You know, I mean, through corruption is inept because you're not doing your job correctly. But yeah, See, I, 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 I think, think more it. like
1: bungling. You know, like oh, right, like, right, not,
0: not finding the true criminal and stuff. And in this, actually, you know, got, yeah. got the guy and stuff. So. Uh, number 14, Belly Chains, no. But we thought Hay in the scene with Maria Rome might have been a belly yeah. chain for like two seconds. <laughs> it shimmered. Yeah. Um, two, I'm going to go over everything. But yeah, this uh, the cast is really good in this. Uh, Christopher Lee is really good. Uh, he puts in a really good performance. It doesn't seem like he's just being in the film or doing his role. He looks like he gives a shit and, and turns in a really good performance. He's really like uh, one scene, because he's a tall dude, one scene Eric's like, Damn, he looks so tall compared to everybody else in the scene. He looks like just towers over people in uh, the scene where Maria Rome first comes in. Uh, And uh, we have Marie Schell as uh, Mother Rosa, a witch. Uh, She's good, a small part. It's funny, he reuses that later in uh, The Demons, you know, with the the blind woman in the cottage. And you see her twice, like in the beginning and at the end of the film um, on that. And then you have uh, Hans Haas as Lord Henry, um, Jose Parada as Jeffrey's manservant um, Rhea Rome as Mary Grey yeah she's her and Christopher Lee are probably like the two stars of the film like because she's in it the most yeah. I think you know of everybody and uh, yeah she looks really good in this film she's yeah. so beautiful and yeah she's in this version too because so this is like we saw the Blue Underground international version which has all this stuff put in so there's quite a few, especially for the time to 1969. She's shows her vagina and, oh, and yeah. uh, in the hay and full fucking camera on her and stuff. And then a yeah. uh, couple scenes of her having sex with Chris Release stand in, and then the other guy, and then a uh, couple scenes of her nude and stuff. And yeah, she's she's uh, Harry Harry Allen Towers was a, a very lucky man. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. But uh, yeah, and then uh, Margaret Lee's in it, but she's wasted. She's uh, Alicia Gray, uh, Maria Rome's sister in this film. She's in it a little bit. She's the witch that's yeah, sentenced and hung. And man, she's really great looking, but she's used too quick. Um, but uh, taking her place though, uh, where's is, where is she at? Um, um, Dinah Loris comes in though, and she's in late or she's in before Awful uh, of Doctor Orloff, and later in uh, Nightmares Comes at Night. And she doesn't show nudity in this, Uh, does she? No, but in Nightmares comes at night, she's nude all the way. So it's funny. So in Orloff, she doesn't get naked, and then she doesn't get naked. It's really close, though. She's a scene where she's hung up, and she's whipped, and they have her clothes cut all around her strategically, but her boobs are covered and everything. It's pretty funny. You can see that. They wanted to show something, but she wouldn't do it or whatever. But by Nightmares comes at night, she did complete nudity for for him and stuff. So Franco gets his way after a while. He (laughs) says cast her a few times until she feels comfortable and I guess he's got her got her nude in that but yeah she's uh, really good in this she kind of looks like Sophia Loren kind of yeah got that yeah. Spanish look the skin the olive skin and the red hair and everything. super beautiful yeah super super beautiful um, and then of course you got uh, Howard Vernon as uh, Jack Ketch Jeffrey's executioner and the uh, first thing I saw and read the book and, and um, uh, Stephen said the same thing definitely looked like he was doing his his uh riff on uh, Boris Karloff from the Tower of London film. And then he also looks later on um like marty Feldman copied his look for young Frankenstein. A huge Yeah, dad, yeah. huge. Totally the whole thing. Even his has kind, of, kind of a walk. He doesn't have the hunchback as much, but he has the the walk like Karloff and then later Feldman does and uh has boots that go up about his upper thighs. Yeah, and then his belt goes from like his waist all the way up to his ribs. So it's it like huge. Th- those two; those two clothes are like his whole body almost. Those two pieces of clothes, you know.
1: You could have fit like two legs in those boots. They were like so wide on either side. It was yeah. like yeah, it was like these huge cylinders,
0: like patent leather fucking almost chick boots. But <laughs> like him, up to his yeah, knee. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, he he was probably. The, I mean, there's a lot of cool dressers in this. Like, yeah, you got all the frills and all their. Sh- velvet and all that shit and howard Vernon is like black just for fucking yeah. death even his outfit is really fucking cool compared to everybody else's as well everybody had their own style in this you know
1: i feel like lena might have wore those boots like later on in some other films yeah
0: <laughs> well that's what i was saying like like in uh the blue max or i mean uh blue max um blue rita blue rita yeah yeah blue rita where that chick wears those big silver boots yeah and then um sold out wears big red boots like in um eugenie those those big red fucking boots so, so yeah it's kind of similar there he likes the big boots with women that was funny oh also too the first nudity in this film is of a naked man yeah <laughs> 15 minutes like.
1: in yeah
0: i know let's see uh yep 15 minutes in we got man ass yeah <laughs> so yeah i no, this is so this is like franco's twenty sixth film and uh he's done a few with terry on towers at this time and and uh yeah like i said the the, the production of this looks really really good um And uh, what I caught off this is um, you have a lot of splashes of color in the film and stuff. And it's funny, too. In the book, it doesn't say, but there's an early appearance, and it doesn't say in the book. Now that I looked at my notes of um, Vitor, that's in the later films. Uh, I forget his last name. I can look it up later. But, um, but yeah, he's in it. uh, And he's, like, in it for, like, 20 seconds or something. And somebody tells him something, and he... He's the um, innkeeper. Innkeeper, and which he plays the innkeeper in a f- couple films later on, yeah. like in the Virgin Report. He's the innkeeper, I think, in that the girl's father. He's the innkeeper, and in, uh, I think he's the innkeeper. No, he's the mayor in a couple films. Yeah, he's all these different parts and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's funny to see him in here. That was like his earliest appearance. I thought he was appeared first later on, so it was cool to see a, a really early cameo by him. Um, so yeah, what what are some of your thoughts, or did, would would you catch off watching this film?
1: Well, yeah. it's... The, the production, value, like everything, it was such a big movie. Like it, was, it seemed like such a mainstream made, yeah, just really well done, like super well done. But then all of a sudden there would be these hardcore scenes of torture, right? That you would that most like mainstream type movies would kind of like maybe kind of dole down or like, and I understand like there's or different show cuts. background or something. yeah, you know yeah, what I mean, yeah. or more imply it than right. show it and. You know, there's like a woman get her hand chopped off, and a woman with nails going through her fingers, and
0: yeah, really extended torture sequence, yeah, like whipping and people in the fucking rack, and and you know, bloody women screaming, and yeah,
1: yeah, and then like the and so like the torture scenes were really like graphic and strong yeah yeah and then the nudity was graphic and strong as well like yeah. you know it wasn't like a you know, side boob or like Raw, yeah, yeah. little booty it was like no here is everything yeah here's a her
0: vagina with her legs open in yeah. 1969 in a, yeah. in a Hollywood film basically yeah. it
1: had her licking the the woman that's hung like that, that psychological
0: yeah. torture on that and it's just like
1: it's like those are things that mainstream movies tend to like kind of shy away oh, yeah, from yeah. to get the the majority audience
0: yeah they didn't come till like 10 years later or something yeah. usually like you know
1: so it was just, yeah. like, it was really, I mean, it was Pretty dope. strong, yeah. It yeah, was yeah. dope. I loved the movie. Like, yeah, yeah, trying, yeah. I loved every aspect of that. But, like, it was just surprising to see all those elements in one yeah. huge budget movie.
0: It would be like if, say, Kubrick did a film and then, like, somebody came in and filmed a couple of extra harder scenes. Like, but it was the same thing. You're like, whoa, it's not supposed to, like, it's supposed to stop at a certain point And it goes a little bit further than it's supposed to go. And you're like, oh, shit, this is supposed to still be happening, you know, and it's still going, which is pretty pretty cool and like i was saying a couple of times when i was watching it i was like i f- feel like i'm i'm not watching a just franco film and i don't know if that yeah. was an insult or a compliment you know <laughs> i was like wow sometimes this reminds me of barry linden or some other famous yeah. 70s kind of beautiful revolutionary war film or something that i'm not really a big fan of but this i was you know yeah. these type of period films i'm not a Big follower of they're some of my least favorite type of films, but uh, yeah, me too. Because I find them boring and stuff. But with this, I I dug it because of what the subject was and and who's in it and everything else. But yeah, I
1: guess I guess that is Jess Franco's Barry Lyndon movie. You know what I mean? It's like he's like, yeah, I can do the movie like you guys do too, right? I I, I like this also in it. Let me me throw some bondage and some
0: yeah, and it's cool too because you (laughs) see a lot of later trips on this. Like there's a scene Eric caught where they were like doing the chain gang with the women taking them to the to to the cells or where they're going to be tortured and you've seen that later off in some of the jungle movies he did in the the prison jungle films and and some of the girl prison movies and that you've seen the same scenes you know x x312 and girls in chains and all those
1: ones yeah well also but that would kind of confuse me on that part too because i thought the guy said that he was bringing the rebels from the from the bringing the rebels over, right? And so I was expecting to see like some of the fighters, and right, so right. when it was all women, you know, it was just like oh, okay,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like, yeah that kind of confused me a little bit, but yeah.
0: Well, yeah, it's just if I'm gonna be confused sometimes. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't flow really <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> I didn't even read that synopsis. I was like, "Wait a minute! I'm gonna read this, this, and this." But you know, but there's there's a lot of information and stuff too. And sometimes he like is either have too much information, yeah, and, or you know, not enough. And it's also too so fear or desire. What's this film?
1: God, I almost I want to say fear.
0: Yeah, because using the religion as a fear, using the if, if doing that, and but also too the desire of well, the desire of him to fucking you know, but 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 he didn't really. I mean, he he desired. Maria Rome's character but he didn't seem like he was known for like having sex with these women and stuff. he was more for just carrying off the sentences and 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 not seeing it remember that was the thing that that was undoing was not seeing any of the uh, the torch or any of the executions or anything that he had carried out any of his orders just carried out yeah
1: well I I really feel like he thought he was doing right because he in the end he says like you would surely uh, a man who has devoted his life to God and his you know, king says, hopefully, you know, history will see me with a better light. You know, it will right. see me in a better way. And so it's almost like he was like... Like this when he was up in the room and about to be right, right. hung. And uh, so it's almost as if he was like... He really felt himself innocent of doing yeah. anything wrong. Like he really felt like he was good in what he was doing and just.
0: Right. And he, he, even though it was his part he said well the the hysteria that's going on right now surely i'm to be looked on later on in life as hey this is what's going on right now but with this little thing aside in the end over time people look at me as a just person i did the right thing blah 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 yeah but then when he saw actually what the consequences of his actions were and seeing them carried out then he had a vision or had a heart attack or whatever that made him finally fucking see all the pain and stuff which is kind of a shitty way for people wanting him to be oh me more. too man. I, I little like, heart attack and god dies damn it like that's too person. easy exactly that's just you know no
1: he needs to like there's supposed to be all
0: the horrors that imagined in his brain he finally it was too much for him to overcome you know i don't know <laughs> <His> acting <laughs> bullshit i know was, that's such a he got know. out
1: too easy man yeah, he got too yeah. easy as i
0: said they should they should have took his body afterwards and still hung him and whipped him a few yeah. times and let people see it and shit and have it you know but
1: they should have had him lick some fucking chained up dude
0: yeah, did well, you say woman? I was like, wait a minute.
1: Yeah. No, it's some goo. Yeah, here yeah. you get to. Yeah, we're gonna put you through all the ringers.
0: What's uh you and Will's version with uh, uh no, Howard Ferdinand not... chained up <laughs> and uh, Christopher Lee licking him? <laughs> You're <laughs> bringing it up. So wait, who's licking who? Me? Am I licking
1: Will or is Will licking me?
0: Uh, well, you know, what's so, in your mind? <laughs> <laughs> what's my mind is ending this podcast very quickly. <laughs> Well, no, you're the one that brought up him being chained up with licking, dude. So. That's true. That is true. That is true. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, maybe uh, Vitor can come back in and make his appearance. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. That's a lot of licking. <laughs> That's a lot of licking. <laughs> That's a lot of, dude. of ground to cover. <laughs> but uh, yeah, speaking of ground to cover, you can get a hold of us at uh, Observer at yahoo.com. That's or you can find us at Facebook or at Instagram at uh, Observer Podcast. Uh, thank you again our numbers for August uh were the highest ever so thank you again for that appreciate it and uh looks like you're telling your friends and telling your neighbors tell your enemies tell everybody uh tell the babies down the street tell the uh tell my chicken outside floppy do <laughs> to listen to the franco observer if and floppy do gives the endorsement hey if floppy do listens to the franco observer you can listen to the franco observer as well uh so uh, all right, mission statement, of course, is memory and praise of Joe Franco, bringing new eyes and ears to the films of Joe Franco. And uh, I think we're doing that here. So all that good stuff. Uh, download the episodes, subscribe, uh, all that good stuff. Um, anything else you're thinking of? Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks all yeah. for all that. And gals. Uh, yeah, thank you all for listening uh, all around the world. And, uh, Don't get be shame. I do. Good night.
1: Merry for nights.